Hi folks, Andrew Packer here and welcome to Trading Tips. In this video I want to talk about a few key ideas for how to manage risk and to ensure that it you know, gives your portfolio the returns that you want without necessarily putting it in too much danger. So when we look at a lot of investors who are getting started, they might be pretty aggressive and there's nothing wrong with being aggressive when you're young, when you're going to have your whole career ahead of you to continue contributing capital to your investment accounts. Uh, but sometimes you also get someone who thinks, oh, hey, I've got 10 years to retirement. I need to start making you know, some, some pretty big trades and start investing in things that are going to have a really big payout so that I can meet my retirement goals. And that's kind of where people can start to get into trouble. And I would say one of the biggest problems that I see with people all the time is position limits. Position limits, well, it's twofold. Uh, first could be the total number of positions in your portfolio. You might have too few or you might have too many. If you're actively trading, you probably want to have between 10 and 20 positions in your portfolio. Anything less than that, and it's incredibly risky. Any one position that's wiped out, if you had five positions in your portfolio, would be a 20% loss for the overall portfolio. And that'll take a lot of time to recover from. Whereas if you have more than 20 positions in a portfolio, if any one position doubles, well, it was only 5% of your portfolio. So you're really not getting the best benefit that you can out of that. And if you want to have a lot of positions, that's where buying into a fund is probably going to give you a better bang for your buck than you know, trying to manage and do all the time and research that it takes to understand 20 different positions. So there is a nice healthy balance uh, between you know, having some diversification without being too under diversified or being overly diversified and, and costing yourself there. And of course, within these positions, how much you have allocated to each position is also a crucial factor. If you have half your net worth in one stock, that's a huge problem. Now, I mean, if it's a company that's been in your family for generations and you've inherited it, that's probably less of a problem. And if you're in that position, you know, chances are your net worth is sizable enough that it definitely won't be a problem. Uh, if you had an uncle who mysteriously died and you inherited a million shares of Coca-Cola, that sounds pretty risky because it's all in one stock. But when you realize that a million shares of Coca-Cola with their $2 dividend is going to pay you $2 million a year, you can start diversifying out of that just from using the dividends or the occasional sale along the way without necessarily you know, rocking the boat too much. Uh, if you buy a tech company or if you buy you know, a company like the next Walmart while it's still in its early stages and it explodes in value, you're going to end up with a position that's going to be a dominating part of your portfolio. And you know, that's something where you're probably going to want to, to kind of just chip away at it over time just a little bit and bring some of the other positions up in line. So you know, position limits, uh, understanding that, understanding you know, what your largest positions are, why it's your largest position, how it's likely to impact your portfolio. These are all very crucial and really the most important step to understanding risk. The second idea about risk is just to think about the downside of an investment first. Usually when people are starting to invest, they think, oh, this is a great idea. I'm going to buy this. It's going to go up tenfold or, you know, I'm going to buy this, you know, blue chip stock. It's going to make me 10, 15 percent a year. They're thinking strictly about the upside when you when you have thoughts like that. And, you know, we've all been there and we all have those thoughts. But it's also important just to take a little time before you, you, you push the buy button on your computer and just think about what's the downside. What's the downside of investing? Uh, you know, in, in, you know, the horse and buggy company when the auto industry is starting to grow. You know, I'm sure, you know, the, the last couple of businesses that were in that 
specific niche, you know, had a great product. But the fact of the matter is, you know, if you've got a big technological change that can make something you're investing in obsolete, and in today's age, that can happen much more quickly than in the past, uh, you know, you've really got to think about that downside first. And when you're thinking about the downside first, you are thinking a little bit more defensively. You're not thinking uh, necessarily as aggressively about the upside, and you're taking some of the risk of, of making some poor decisions off the table that way. When you're thinking, here's a company with a lot of debt, but here's also a company that's been growing its cash flows and it's been paying down the debt, you know, you're thinking a little bit about the downside, but then you're also seeing you know, a different upside in it than what others might be seeing if they're just looking at a company's total debt load. So it's not necessarily entirely a negative thing, but it's just understanding what can cause the company's shares to suddenly drop lower. Besides a market sell-off, you know, what's going to cause a company to suddenly come out one day and say, you know, hey, we're going bankrupt? If you avoid even a couple of, of these positions, you know, bombing in your portfolio, and over the course of an investment lifetime, everyone's had a couple of bad positions in there, minimizing that can have a huge impact on your overall return. So it's an incredibly important risk factor just to think about the downside before the upside. Finally, there's a concept of investing called the reversion of the mean. And it's sort of this mathematical idea to kind of express the idea that sometimes a stock gets overvalued, it corrects. Or if a stock gets undervalued, it's going to rally. Uh, many stocks will often trade in price ranges um, for a prolonged period of time before their earnings catch up with them and they start moving higher or their earnings go lower. And that happens. But a lot of time in investing, you can get some really good trades just out of stocks that are just incredibly out of whack for where they have been trading, uh, for where they are likely to be trading in the future, and just taking advantage of this reversion to the mean. And there's a lot of different ways of saying this. You could say, uh, I'm buying an oversold stock to use sort of the technical analysis indicator. Uh, you know, I'm selling overbought stocks and, and you know, taking a short position on that. But if you just look at, at some of these companies in your portfolio from time to time and you see you know, what's kind of in and out of whack with where these companies have historically been, you're going to see which companies have been doing well and which haven't. And of course, if you have a position in your portfolio that hasn't been doing well, and it looks like it's incredibly oversold and it's going to revert higher to the mean, that might actually be an opportunity to buy more shares. When you buy more shares of an oversold company, you're going to lower your cost basis from what you originally bought it at. If it's a dividend payer, you're going to get a higher dividend yield than what you originally got from the original shares. And then if it reverts back to the mean, you're going to get back to profitability that much more quickly, and then you're going to see shares go higher that quickly. While a lot of folks have a strategy saying, hey, you know, if something goes down too much, just put in a, a stop loss order and your broker will automatically sell a position for you. Uh, if you put in an automatic order and do that, you might lose advantage of this reversion to the mean. And oftentimes the way stocks just bounce up and down and have a lot of volatility, if you have a stop loss program, which some people see as a good risk management strategy, you're also going to get you know, taken out of good positions that could have ended up going higher as a result. Now, obviously, there might be a time where you're looking at a position and it's just moving lower and you should get out of it. And you're absolutely right to do so if you're not comfortable with it anymore. But if you're just setting up an automatic strategy, the market might be working against you in that matter. So if you take advantage of the reversion of the mean and if you just look to close a position sort of manually rather than, than setting up an automatic you know, tripwire to do so, you can avoid losing out on, on those potential winners just when they're temporarily down. So again, managing risk and, and taking advantage of, of that, you know, if you're thinking about the downside first, if you're looking at your overall positions, where they fit in with your overall portfolio and what the limits are, and you keep taking advantage of, of companies that are you know, in and out of kind of their mean, uh, their average, their overbought, oversold, and you do some trading around that, uh, you're going to reduce your risk and you're going to do pretty good over time. 
So that'll wrap things up for this edition of Trading Tips. Until next time, I'm Andrew Packer wishing you good trading and good financial health.